0: Hello and welcome to the Libraries Unlimited podcast. Today we will be talking to a variety of people, including Linda Isaacson with a lightning book review from Honiton Library, Carol telling us all about Elma Day from Axminster, Karen from Exeter reporting about the best-selling author Sarah Vaughan event, and we also speak to Tabitha Witherick, who is a service delivery manager across North Devon Libraries. Callum wants to, for some reason, interview me. Hello, welcome to episode two of the podcast A Time for Libraries. Uh, My name is Lee, and I'm joined by my side, Callum.
1: Uh, Hello, Lee. How are you doing?
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're not really, you're not really by my side though, are you? But you kind of. No, you shocked me. I,
1: I ended up sort of looking at. No, no, we're on the screen together. How are you doing, Lee? All right.
0: Yeah, not too bad, actually. Lovely sunny day and had my walk outside. So how about you?
1: Uh, Well, yeah, I'm taking full advantage of unlimited exercise because I wasn't before. So I went out this morning and I'm going out this afternoon as well. Try and stop me. (laughs) Uh, Lee, I'm very aware that last week uh, I did a lot of talking about myself and how I got into libraries and things like that. But tell us about yourself. Which library do you work in? How have you got into libraries? Like, who who is Lee?
0: I work at St. Thomas Library. I'm a supervisor there. Also, I run Pinho Library as well, which is the opposite side of the city. Um, Very, very different libraries. They are both um, catering for different communities. And I find it really exciting. I like the diversity of the community that you work in is really quite fascinating. It keeps you on your toes. So I love libraries because I love people more than anything else. I do love reading, but actually I really like people even more so. And I think that's the key for library work. Um, You need to like people. If you don't like people, you're going to fail, I think, in libraries.
1: Yeah. I was looking at the figures the other day, Lee, I hope you don't mind, and St. Thomas has got, like, out of the fifty-four libraries that libraries Unlimited run, it's got like the third highest in visits, but it's but it's but it's a relatively small library. Like, what's your secret? How you do, how you doing? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, a few years ago, uh, people may remember in Saint Thomas, we had a library that was a lot bigger in size. In fact, it's about four or five times larger than it is now. Um, it was uh, it had a lease for twenty-five years from the mid-eighties, and then it ended. Uh, it got raised to the ground, and I think a pound land is there now or something. So um, we had to move. We ended up moving to uh, an old stationery shop in church road in saint thomas and it's a lot lot smaller so we had to be very clever with the space two floors now luckily we can hire the upstairs as well i think the secret is is that we we pulled a lot of people from the old but the community is really good And like i said earlier community is important and the more you reach out and the more you do outreach visit the schools go and say hello to people go to the local festivals do that kind of thing and bring people to and you know through the doors that, you know, that's what it's all about, so yeah, the figures are looking pretty healthy, I have to say. Really well, pleased. yeah,
1: you're definitely doing something right, definitely. Oh, yeah. what about your background? Like, what what did you do before this, before libraries? Oh, or did you do anything before libraries?
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I started in libraries properly, I suppose, in the early 90s, 92, something like that. I was in Southampton Library for a couple of years, loved it there, and then moved to Devon and uh, got the job as a part time uh, worker and a relief worker as well. So, I've worked in all of the departments you can possibly imagine. So I did bibliographical services, I worked for special services, I went on the mobiles, I worked in about five or six different branch libraries, I worked in Exeter Library for 18 years. Um, yeah, so I've got a quite a bit of background in libraries and the way that libraries have changed in the last 25, 30 years has been incredible. So before libraries, it's a, it was a bit of a, it would be a bit of a shock. that I, I worked in factories, really, uh, printed circuit board factories, electronics, that sort of stuff. Something I thought, um, I'd be good at and I'm not really um, I, I do like tech and I don't understand but I don't understand the, the workings of tech as much as I thought I did or do I care to be honest um, but I came from <laughs> came to. it's true I came to that from music so I play a lot of music I was into my uh, rock and electronic music and all that sort of stuff in the 80s and I did a lot of sound work, live, live sound engineering. So lots of bands. Deacon Blue was one of the people I've mixed for. you right. have ever heard of them. But So I came from that to electronics and I thought, I hate electronics. Where, the, where am I going to go? And I don't like the music industry. It's full of ego. Where am I going to go? Luckily, luckily, I love books. So I ended up working at the Oxfam Bookshop in Southampton, which gave me that um, background and that uh, experience to move into libraries.
1: Brilliant. Yeah. Anyway, should we move on to the news?
0: Oh, we've got news this week. Yeah, fantastic. We've got news.
2: Hello, my name's Carol and I work at Axminster and Sidmouth Libraries and I'm excited to let you know about a special celebration we have coming up on Saturday the 23rd of May. It's Elmer Day. Join us on the Axminster Facebook page at 11am for a live story time honouring this very special and colourful elephant. I will be reading the book Elmer, Rose and Super Elf, followed by a simple craft suggestion for the children to enjoy. So, why not join us by putting on your brightest coloured clothes, going to Facebook and searching for Axminster Library? And don't forget to like our page. So
1: you can keep up to date with all our other events and news. And hey, did you see uh, Mama G this week? We had a uh, very special story time by fantastic drag queen artist Mama G. She posted on numerous Facebook pages, uh, libraries limited Facebook pages, and did a wonderful story, a couple of stories, her own, one of her own, and uh, a newly released story, uh, all about inclusion and about acceptance, and um, and, and 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 also about Trying to explain to children about the coronavirus and sort of keeping safe and keeping hygienic and stuff. Did
0: you did you see it? It was great. I did. I thought it was really good, actually. I mean, um, Marmaj is also panto panto dame, so um, yeah. very much got um, the performance aspect there. Absolutely nailed. It,
1: it, it was very sinc- it was very sincere.
0: Sincere, but very funny as well.
1: Yeah, I I, I was sat with my my two year old daughter um, watching it and. Uh, she absolutely loved it. Um, she was doing all the hand actions and all the. She was. There was a bit where we all had to wash our hands and things. It's really great. Um, if you go, if you want to see it, um, just go to your you know favorite library's Facebook page, and it should be on there. It's definitely on Exeter. It's on St Thomas. Is that right?
0: Yeah, this is something we're keeping up now, isn't it? That people can access any time. Exactly. Yeah. So please check it out.
3: Hello, my name's Karen, and I'm senior supervisor for development at Exeter Library. Best selling author Sarah Vaughan, the creator of The Art of Baking Blind and Anatomy of a Scandal, had an online conversation with us last week at Exeter Library. She tells us all about her new book, Little Disasters, and what it is like to release a book during a countrywide lockdown. Find the chat on Exeter Library's Facebook page or YouTube channel.
0: That's the news. Did you did you catch any of the Sarah Vaughan at
1: all or not? I did. Well, yeah, I did. Um, The the videos that are on YouTube and and Facebook and stuff, I had a hand-in editing, so I I actually got to watch it numerous times and I thought it was really, really good. Um, Karen, one of the supervisors at Exeter, had this amazing chat and uh, it's really interesting to hear about the effect i guess that the coronavirus has on on releasing a book they the, all the all the authors because it wasn't just sarah vaughan that we did one with cl taylor as well and they're both in very high spirits but obviously they're they're they're, they're releasing a book during a, a lockdown so um mm. but i've not read uh, i've not read the book myself but since i you know was editing the video i put the book into my wish list on my on my library account so it'll be uh, yeah, i'll be i'll be reading it soon
0: And now it's time to chat to Tabitha Witherick, who is a service delivery manager for the north of Devon. Hello, Tabitha. How are you?
2: I'm good, thank you.
0: Excellent. Before we start talking about uh, the actual title of this podcast, A Time for Libraries, uh, we need to know who you are, really. I did a little introduction for you, but what is a service delivery manager exactly?
2: It's a very good question. So um, I work with about 17 of our libraries across Devon, um, covering Mid, North and Torridge. Um, so I work with a really great group of people uh, across a dispersed area. Um, so my days tend to be very different each day. Um, I can be travelling around between the libraries, uh, meeting with supervisors, can be having discussions with leadership about different projects and uh, yeah, getting involved in all sorts of the, the change management side of, of what we do as an organisation.
0: So you, you probably see quite a few changes happening and we've had this massive change right now. Do you think we've adapted and shifted well into lockdown?
2: so the reason that i love working in libraries is because we change we change all the time based on you know changes in community society change in digital technology and that's the reason that i came to work in libraries originally um, this change has been significant because it wasn't something that we planned for um, and our, our whole workforce are now having to work in a very different way and i have to say that i am so proud to work with libraries unlimited and the team um, that we work with um, and the change that they've made, the change that everybody has made has been brilliant. So setting up from home, thinking about how we deliver services in a different way, you know, really having a go with new technology, the uh, the Zooms that we've been doing, the All Staff Zooms have been so brilliant to see everybody smiling and, you know, having fun at the same time as having to cope with this monumental shift that we're we're dealing with think you know the worry that people have about themselves and their community the working from home and sitting down you know people don't sit down in libraries do they they you know we're very active and we're moving around all of the time so um people have struggled with that but overall i feel this this real sense that we're we're trying to continue to make a difference in the best way that we can at the moment so yeah
0: yeah, I mean, from staff's side, you know, that that's exactly what we're all doing, is working hard to continue the service in lots of different ways. Have there been any new ideas that have come into fruition that you particularly uh, got excited about, something we can carry on maybe into the future?
2: So I really like, before, um, before we shut our doors, I really liked the books on bikes um, that was happening in Exeter. I thought that was fantastic, really amazing. But the amount of digital content that we've been creating, the the videos that have been made and kind of shared, Karen's um, author talks that she's been doing, the virtual author talks have been incredible. Yeah,
0: this is Karen from Exeter Library. Yes,
2: actually. absolutely. And then all of the Bounce and rhymes that we've been doing across across the county and and the different um, different things like that. Um, but then there's been other things as well that probably haven't been so visible. So I love that um, Zanthi at Ottery Library has been writing letters to her customers. I love that Sue over at uh, Co Martin has her customers phoning her now to check in to see that she's okay. Um, so so that community contact is still there. And I, I think that that's, you know, you only have to speak to a couple of people to see the difference that we're really making um, still at the moment, which is great. The
0: title is A Time for Libraries. Um, you know, it's a very odd time for libraries, but are we feeling that... Something like this is, is quite a powerful message to put out to everybody that, you know, even though a lot of places have closed down or shut their doors, we've got the capability to reach out to the community and to still help the community. What, I mean, what what kinds of things do you think are really powerful that we're doing at the moment that's reaching out there?
2: So so for me, um, libraries are all about people um, and the difference w- that we make to people's lives. And I know that not ha- having our doors open at the moment is really challenging for, for individuals and for our team as well, who are so used to kind of face-to-face contact with people. And I know that we're all so excited to think that we will get that back at some point. I think, you know, our physical spaces, our welcoming spaces are so vital to communities. Um yeah, so so bring that on when the time is right. But at the moment, um I think whilst it has been hugely challenging, it's enabled us to kind of stand back and think about how we can reach people in new ways. Um so I think the way that we started looking at it was how can we replicate what we do in libraries um in a virtual world. So we've looked at our banks and rhymes and kind of replicating that on you know, Facebook Live and um, we've we've kind of moved our language cafes into Zoom, those types of things. But I think that there is more work that we can do to really think about how we design services um, and libraries in a way that continues to move us into the virtual world and reaches into people's homes. And like I say, that will never take away from that kind of physical, physical space that we offer, but it is a real chance for us to think about how we do that and also potentially think about the future needs of of individuals and communities as well because the digital world is is changing us so significantly Um, and it's vital that we continue to kind of keep up the pace with our change in that respect as well
0: there are those people that don't have uh, digital connections. How how do we contact those vulnerable people that aren't connected to the internet?
2: So this is an area that I feel really strongly that we, we play a key role in when we have our libraries open. Um, and it's where I've seen over the last you know 20 years of working in libraries that the support that we give to people to access um, computers and Wi-Fi, um, but also to help them build their confidence and skills, um, that's so significant. Um, to the individuals that were helping to be able to provide access to people um, who are um, claiming universal credit for example and you know, supporting people through that process so when we closed our doors because we we had to um, I was talking to supervisors about how worried they were about people that didn't have um, technology at home and that still remains a real concern you know how do we get some of that access back as a priority for communities and individuals that don't have it. So um, we have been thinking about how we um, stay connected with people that don't have access to digital technology. So we've been phoning hundreds of um, our customers, predominantly older customers, but also people that we know would have come into the library every week and we might have been the only people that they would have seen in that time. Um, So we've been phoning, we've we've been making lots of phone calls and people have been really appreciating that. We've been signposting to different services that people might not be able to to look up because they don't have a computer at home. But there's also been some really um, thoughtful projects that have popped up. So um, Mandy at Northern Library was thinking about how we can help people to feel connected to their community. And so they put out a press release, which actually I think has gone across all of Devon now, which is exciting to encourage people to start to make bunting at home. And so I've been thinking about people sat at home making bunting, thinking about their community. So they're not connecting in the way that most of us are via the internet, but they are still feeling that they have a place um, and a connection to community. And I can just visualise the bunting going up in libraries when we get to that point where we can kind of celebrate on the other side of all of this.
0: I think that's an absolutely brilliant um, idea. It'd be quite interesting, wouldn't it, to see how much bunting is actually made. It might be that you've got too much for the library and you've got to string it around the villages. I think that'd be great. I was going to ask you what makes a library a library, but you've kind of said quite a lot already.
2: So this is is interesting. I talk about what makes a library a lot to people um, because I think a lot of people have an idea of what they think a library is. And I think people think about rooms with bookshelves and books, but for me, libraries are absolutely about people. So when libraries were designed, um, the people of the time, and there was, a, there was a, the town that I live in, there was a 30 year campaign to get a library set up um, over a hundred years ago. And they designed the library based on the resources that they had at the time. So that was books, um, newspapers, and then knowledgeable staff. Um, and I think if we were to sit down today and think, right, what is going to change people's lives? We wouldn't just put books and newspapers. Of course, they're you know really valuable to us still, but it is about the digital technology. It is about the events and the activity. Um, it is about things like the three D printers, so enabling people to access new technologies as well. Absolutely, libraries are about all of those resources. But the reason those resources are important is because of the difference that it makes to people's lives and and you know how it enables people to have. Um, you know, access to things that they might not be able to access at home, um, learning opportunities, chance to kind of meet with other people in their community. So for me, libraries will always be absolutely about people and the staff, um, the people that work in libraries that really bring our library spaces to life.
0: You've already discussed about uh, the community quite a lot. I mean, what position do you think the library actually holds in the community?
2: So um, I used to think that it was important that every library across the library service had the same things in it, that there was a consistency delivered. And I think in some cases that it's important in terms of our quality of service that we have consistency. But actually, over the last 10 years, probably, I have started to think about how each library is unique and needs to be unique to its community. So really understanding the need within community and developing and offering services and resources that really support those needs. And so that will be quite different based on where the community is and, you know, what the library looks like and, you know, the number of opening hours, etc. So I think that every library has a uniqueness to it.
0: Obviously, we're all all on digital at the moment. We'll turn in digital, in fact. Um, You've got a very interesting digital making project. What's that about?
2: Um, So I was just thinking about um, the difference that libraries make to people. And I was remembering a project that I did. That was a digital making project it was about bringing together a community of interests so around digital technology and digital making and we we had a project where we had um raspberry Pis and microcomputers and a whole range of coding activities and we had an open day and i remember um standing in in the room for the day and one mum came over to me and she said oh my, my son's here um, he loves coding and he usually spends a lot of time on his own at home Um, coding and learning how to code he has he has autism and so actually he doesn't communicate a great deal with with kind of you know other individuals within the community and she says I really don't know how we're gonna leave the library today she said um, He is here and he's been talking all day to other people that love coding and he's been telling them things. And she said his confidence has gone through the roof today. She said, I really think that I'm going to have to have some help to get him to leave. She said, can you please, can you please go and tell him it's time to close the library now because otherwise he won't want to go. And she was just so pleased that, and she said he's found his tribe. And I, I, I think to me that just represented all the amazing things that libraries do. And it's something that will always stay with me.
0: What's been really exciting in the last few years is that the library service has um, tried brand new ways of entertaining the public with uh, through uh, literature based events. Uh, one of those is the drag queen story time.
2: I was really pleased to be at the first um, drag queen story event that we ran. Um, I think it was at the end of twenty seventeen. Um, We had Tati Buffon come into Barnstable Library um, which was jam-packed full of families who were really excited to see um, Drag Queen Storytime for the first time. What was really interesting about bringing Drag Queen Storytime to libraries in Devon was that it started this whole conversation so there were people that um, really had very strong views about us doing that. In some ways that felt quite challenging but on reflection I think it really kind of showed our role in how we can be demonstrating inclusivity and diversity within communities and really giving um, everybody space to be seen um, and everybody space to, to kind of explore um, diversity. So um, I'm really pleased that we, we're working with Mama G and um, she's going to be doing Drag Queen Storytime online that will be um, streamed across a whole range of our social media channels. So it's fantastic that we're able to take that and and make it work in, in lockdown as we currently are.
0: And if we wanted to see the Mama G um, experience, as it were, for the libraries, um, where can we find it?
2: Yeah, so it'll be um, live streamed across a whole range of our um, our Facebook channels. Um, so if you have a look at the Devon Library's um, Facebook, it will sign-paste you to the best place to find it.
0: Okay, Tabitha, I think we've probably uh, got to the end of our interview. But before we leave, uh, what is it that you're reading at the moment, Tabitha? So
2: at the moment, I'm reading um, Boy by Roald Dahl, which is a um, favourite book from my childhood. I'm reading that to my children, so it's really nice to sit down and have some, some time with them each day reading. Um, it's quite calming, I think, to, to read to the kids. Um, but I'm not a big reader myself, and, and I think people find that surprising because I work in libraries. Um, but I came into libraries um, as a as an information professional, so my, my role was really around helping people to connect with the information that they needed and kind of create that knowledge. Um, and so I'm in complete awe of people that work in libraries that have, you know, they're so well read and they have this huge amount of knowledge around reading, but I'm not one of them. <laughs> i spend a lot of time on twitter i read a lot on twitter um and and so i am reading all of the time but i i you know i like to fill my head with with information um that kind of comes from a whole different range of sources um so kind of blogs and things like that but um yeah it yeah it's one of those things that people look at me quite strangely when i say i don't read a lot of books but we have a lot of really
0: great online resources um available to people have you got a favorite at all
2: do you know what? I love Libby. So um, yeah. So whilst I don't do a lot of reading, I do usually have something downloaded from Libby, and I think the the fact that we've added lots of new books since um, since we've been buying less physical books um, has been fantastic. And uh, yeah, I do I do get that people love a a book, the smell of a book, being able to kind of know where you are in in the book, but. There's something to me about being able to have an e-book that comes with me wherever I am, because, you know, as a busy person, I can I can just pick it up wherever I'm sat if I've got quite five minutes. Um, I have tried audio books for the travelling around the county that I do, but I think, um, for me, music is the thing that I need when I'm... It, it enables me to kind of let my head drift around, so I listen to music usually when I'm in the car.
0: What music do you listen to in the car?
2: Well, it it will depend on where I'm coming from and what I've been doing in the day. Sometimes it can be Rage Against the Machine. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes it can be, uh, I don't know, Mumford and Sons.
0: I'll make sure I catch you on a Mumford and Sons day then. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks very much, Tabitha, and uh, we'll see you again. Thank you. Thanks, Lee. Hey, Lee, it's
1: time for our famous segment, it's time for the lightning review
0: <laughs> did you like my jingle? That was amazing. <laughs> did you do that? the voice that is my voice that is your voice you've got on you've taken yourself to another level Callum I had
1: to go into a different room to record that because I felt so awkward doing it in front of my partner <laughs> <laughs> anyway, look, it's time for the lightning review. Let's get into it all right this is uh we I spoke to Linda Isaacson. Uh, she works at honiton library here we go joining us today for the lightning book review is linda isaacson from honiton library how are you doing linda
3: i'm doing okay thank you callum
1: yeah well well you're welcome uh how's all things going off in honiton are you enjoying the lockdown
3: um it's had its ups and downs it's had its moments but the sun's shining now so that's and that might
1: help because on your facebook you've got some gardening videos is
3: that right We have some gardening tips from one of our members of staff with a huge garden. Um, So we leave that to her, you know, um, which is great. Yeah.
1: Well, brilliant. Well, thanks for joining us for the Lightning Book Review. Uh, You know the rules. I'm going to give you a random book from your um, borrower history on your uh, library card account. Yep. And you've got to give me your best review in one minute. Are you ready? (gasps) Yes. Okay. (laughs) I would like you to review... I would like you to review The Hero's Guide to Being an Outlaw by Christopher Healy. Go.
3: Okay, right. This is, I think it's the third one, and there's three of these books anyway. And it's all about the princesses of, it's a children's book, goodbye. Children's book about um, the princesses in the fairy tales and the princes in the fairy tales. In the fairy tales, all the different princes are all brave and good and they get everything right and they save the girls. Um, These turn it round so that the boys are a bit wussy to be, and not the brightest in the pack, to be fair. So the girls um, end up saving the boys. They all fall for each other's princes for various reasons. Um, One of the princes is very into fashion, um, very worried about what he looks like. And... Yeah, the, it twists around the fairy tales, mixes them all up. Goodies, baddies, dragons, heroes, ice It's
1: over. It's over. Ooh, 60 seconds. Whoa. Well, that was very good. That does oh, get- It goes quickly, doesn't it?
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so uh, just before we go, would you give it, what rating out of 10 would you give it?
3: Oh, that was a 10. I actually borrowed that at the same time as one of our young borrowers in the library and we, we talked about it afterwards. Amazing. and it was yeah but i've read the other two as well and they're very good
1: well well thank you very much for that um well i hope you enjoy the rest of your day hope you enjoy the rest of your lockdown
3: you too and we'll see you Linda. sometime in the future oh yeah bye bye
1: so that was linda i thought she did very well i thought she that did was all right great.
0: that was really good actually yeah. um and i, I love uh, the enthusiasm as well you know linda's got bags of enthusiasm she does great things at Honiton library so i think that was another successful podcast in fact it's, it seems to be growing and uh, getting a, a lot more kind of full of really really great stuff and great content um hopefully we're going to be adding even more bits and pieces over the weeks and what have we have got to look forward to
1: Well, next week is Tell Me Something I Don't Know uh, in which we speak to a lot of different people about surprise services uh, in the library. I believe you've got a conversation with somebody about Naxos, which is uh, a a very extensive free music library. So that's coming up next week, but uh, loads of uh, things lined up after that. So you're just going to have to stay tuned.
0: Okay. so, uh, well, that's it then. Thanks very much for joining us and we'll see you again soon. Cheers, Callum. See you next week. Bye. So that's all we've got time for today. Thank you for listening and hopefully we'll see you again next week. Please do remember that Libraries Unlimited is a charity. So if you wish to donate, just pop on over to the homepage at Devon Libraries and pop a few pennies in a tin.